So this was n- the week that nobody wanted. I don't know. I like the first duty enough. <laughs> you know, it's it's the kind of thing where I really liked the episode. I just wish it didn't have Wesley. Wesley is very incidental to his I own know, episode. I know. I know. Again, it's it's. I remember when 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 we had his what was it final final mission final mission or was no the he's returned before what was yeah, the, the episode game. the game. It's just here. There's Wesley again, and he's doing a plot, and good for him. But yeah, nobody. I. The only way we had into Starfleet Academy was through Wesley, and it's a shame that the least interesting character is our window into this world because this, for all for all of its plotting, was a really good episode. It was almost I don't know it, a few good men almost reminded me of you know you have a very. This is not a sci-fi episode at all. No, no, not at all. It's 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 a courtroom drama. Yeah, basically. I like. I find I like the show when it's not very sci-fi. It's it's very interesting when it's not sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's funny because we talked about you know cause and effect last week, which was very much sort of high concept science fiction, and we both liked that episode quite a bit. And then, of course, now we're talking about an episode that is completely the opposite of that, and it's also very good. Yeah, you know, and and I think that's one of the things that people that don't like science fiction don't really get is that you know science fiction is not about robots. Well, and, they and think spaceships. of the pulp it's, sci-fi, the right tits and lasers, exactly. Kind of. Um, Barbarella and all that kind of nonsense. You know, this this is really what science fiction is about. It's about telling stories about people. You know, using the future as as a as a way to get into this. Yeah. And yeah, this is a good episode. I think you know this is the is this the first time we see Starfleet Academy? As far as I know, yeah, yeah, it is right. So this is the first time we're seeing Starfleet Academy. I like when we see stuff on Earth too because it's nice. We've only really so even you know franchise wide, we've only seen glimpses of Earth. That's true. Yeah, we yeah. see we see Earth a couple times in the original series, but that's in the past. Mostly uh, the movies. The is... movies we see Earth quite a bit, and we've seen Earth, of course, a couple times in this series, uh, but but not too much. Yeah, I don't think that it's something that they should be doing a lot of. I don't think it's something that that no, because would... the point of there's a reason we've left Earth, you know. And I also, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and I also do think that it's kind of funny that you know. The flagship of the Federation is just kind of like, eh, we're going back to Earth because I was asked to give a commencement address. You know, no big deal. We just, <laughs> we just fly back. It took us six months. Whatevs. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of weird. I don't know. But as a setup for an episode, it's fine. And I think it, it gives Picard something to do, you know, because I don't think Picard has had a lot to do in the in the recent past, yeah. frankly. Um, and we get to finally see the gardener he's been talking about yeah, this Booth entire... Yeah, What Booth did you think B. about Boothby? Um... Boothby was exactly what I thought Boothby would be. They did nothing unusual, no twist with it, and that's fine because he was kind of awesome. Well, he's exactly the kind of character that that would be a staple of a place yeah. for 60 years. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, especially an academic institution. I mean, that's almost a stock character, you know, the yeah. grizzled gardener who's wise and teaches you the lessons about life while you're... You know, professors teach you. You know, yeah, the janitor, the gardener, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, librarian, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and which is also very in keeping with Star Trek. Very much does believe in the dignity of everybody, and so you know that everybody is there for a reason, and everybody right. is good for a reason. And so even the gardener is going to be as as you as important as the rest of anybody on the staff, as the ad- as the admiral who runs the staff, you know? And I, in a way, he's more important, I think, because, yeah. I think, you know, that's one of the things about about uh, 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 campuses in general, which, which are kind of strange, is that, you know, students come and go and sort of, you know, superintendents come and go and headmasters come and go. Or whoever, yeah, because but- at the very beginning, every single person is saying, oh, who was superintendent when it was Yuri? And they all have a different right. person they've talked to, but the only person, you know, but Boothby has been working there that entire time. Boothby is always there, you know, and, and, and so that's kind of the nice mm-hmm. thing is that it lends a continuity to the episode that I think it, it needs, you know, because this would have been, I think, a much lesser episode. It would have been sort of hanging in, in midair if you didn't have this connection to Picard and the past. Yeah. That was really smart. And I also think that it it allows the resolution of the episode to happen in a more organic fashion than otherwise it would have. Because, of course, Boothby is the the person who would see everything, yeah. but wouldn't necessarily 
say anything about it. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, it's interesting because this episode is about Wesley realizing what the right thing to do is. But Picard learns a lesson about how to get to – because Picard is in the process of becoming Boothby in a little bit in this episode. At the very – you know, when they're talking and – so so let let, let me back up a second. Sure. Does – Picard's talking about something that he did when he was in school and Boothby inspired him or encouraged him or whatever to do whatever the right thing was. Do we know what that is? It's it's implied to be some kind of thing similar to – I mean I, I I imagined it as Picard did, you know, was involved in some kind of prank that someone got hurt on and he I – don't, I don't know if we find that out explicitly yeah. i think that there's, there's an, enough to there's an episode in the seventh season which does cover picard's academy years to some degree which was a it's a very pivotal pivotal moment in his life and yeah you could argue that that was what he was talking about with boothby i don't think it's ever made clear Okay. So, so the answer to your question is maybe. Okay. I guess. Again, I I assumed it was prank gone wrong, or he cheated on something, and you know whatever he did, he made some kind of youthful indiscretion. Well, that, and Picard, yeah, and, Picard, and that's all that we need to know at this point because that's not you know again what the episode is about. But right, and Picard has even said as much. I think in in, in a couple of episodes in the past where where he was a very different person when he was in the academy. You know, he yeah. was much more impulsive. You know, I think even even as captain of the Stargazer, for example, you could argue that that he. He was a little less seasoned at that point. Yeah, um, and also I think it's interesting. We that, yeah, I was, that, well, we find out that that Picard is 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 quite a bit older than I think that I had thought him of. You know, because he was graduated, I think, in the class of of twenty four, twenty six. I think they said, which would place him at being like, you know, in his sixties. Um, so I think that is interesting in and of itself because, you know, Picard is always a character that I think is hard to place as any one age. Yeah, I assume he's – I normally assume him to be roughly Patrick Stewart's age, you know, proportional because, you know, the people in Star Trek seem to live longer. But And also Patrick Stewart looks a little older than he actually is just yeah. because he has no hair. But he's I'm not a, saying that to be funny. I really – you know, it's – He's, you know, early middle age or late you know youth you know he's... and so it's funny because like in our terms like if if picard is in his mid-60s like that's pretty old but of course in he's terms of star trek it's not early to mid 40s like the equivalent exactly of... yeah and so it's interesting number one that we find that out and then it's also interesting that boothby boothby is 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 kind of in it like what he's supposed to be like 105 <laughs> at this point i mean you know and he's still gardening so it's kind of funny in that respect as well yeah. um you know so it really kind of it, it it makes it interesting because you think about you know in terms of these sort of stock characters that are around and sort of see everything and everybody knows them like they may be around for 20 or 30 years but Boothby could be around for 60 years or yeah, 70 yeah, yeah. years you know so that kind of lends a, a different flavor to it as well because Boothby is is sort of shaping almost an entire century's worth of starship captains in a sense yeah i mean that's interesting mm. So, in terms of the plot, I mean, I liked the little. I, it's a minor mystery plot, and I did like the mystery and what it turned out to be. You knew that Wesley was not going to be involved in anything cruel or nasty. It's not like they had a conspiracy to murder their friend or something. <laughs> like, no, I mean, there were there was a. If this had been an episode that didn't have Wesley as the center, where you just have Picard's doing a commencement speech yeah. at Starfleet Academy, and there's this group of five students you know and we've never seen any of them before but you know picard's just gonna help out with this while right. you know that while it's going on um you know it, it might have had some more dark undertones you know because they what were they doing out of formation were they trying to do something untoward were they you know in contact with you know there are all these avenues that it could have gone down but the fact that we have wesley involved in this he's not going to do anything too bad right exactly yeah this is wesley we're talking about after all at the end of the day yeah and, and so I, I you know it, it keeps the episode from getting too dark in a way but i think so and i think that there there would be a tendency for the episode to go down a much darker road i mean i certainly think that the character of locarno is I mean, Locarno is probably very similar to who Picard was as a young man. I don't think so. I think I, maybe I think less was... impulsive, less a little less arrogant. Certainly, Picard was a more humble person, but 
then again, I mean, in, in family, when he talks, in brothers, when he talks, you know, when his brother is talking to him, he implies that he was very arrogant. We don't, whether, how arrogant Picard was does depend on who was, saw him at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's of true. Course. That's true. But his, his brother probably has a, a less charitable interpretation of his actions than other people would, Boothby, for example. Yeah. You know, and I think what the, what the, what the episode really hinges on is, is not this question of, you know, do you, like the the crime is not that they 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 decided to do something and and someone got killed. I mean, certainly that's horrible. Yes. and you know the the father character is is not uh, uh, happy about this, and I don't think that that uh, Admiral Brand is happy about it. No. Or the Vulcan Admiral, for that matter. But oh, maybe he wasn't an admiral. Maybe he was a captain. But anyway, have we seen him before? Uh, no, but he's a um. He's a pretty like famous character actor. Okay, so because he probably, looked really familiar. Yeah, but... I think he may actually have even been in the show. Before, I would say he may playing, have played playing okay. a different character. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he's he's fairly famous. Okay, um, well maybe he's not that famous because I don't remember his name, <laughs> but I, I know his face. I know what you mean. Uh, that that really the episode is hinging on this question of doing the right thing. I mean that's what the first duty refers to, right? That Locarno gets expelled at the end of the episode. Yeah. Let's not forget that and. And he takes more blame than – you know, Wesley implies that he takes more blame than he perhaps should have. In other words, he takes all of the heat that his, you know, classmates would have, you know, when right. everybody should have probably been expelled for this. That's that's the interesting thing and that's kind of where, where I want to go with this is that, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting about the episode and, and is that – it's a very adult episode. This mm. is definitely told from the point of view of, an, of, of the adults. Oh, yeah. Um, this is not charitable towards teenagers at all. And uh, at this point, I mean, Wesley's probably, what, 20, 21, Roughly, I think? Roughly, yeah. So they're not even teenagers, but you know what I mean. They're still they're still students. Um, they're about to graduate, but not quite there yet. So there's no question, I think, in the episode that they know that they did something they shouldn't have done. Like Admiral Brand obviously knows that they can't prove it. And so they're not going to do anything about it really, but I, they're not stupid. Right. And I think everybody kind of picks up on that, that there's something else going on here that the, the, the Nova squadron is not telling people what the episode really hinges on. Of course is, is, Locarno's own feeling of sort of invincibility that, that he's able to, Evince a cover up yeah. and get away with it, and of course he's not because Wesley tells the truth. But that's how the episode has to end. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley's character would have been sort of uh, 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 damaged in a sense. But he's not a bad guy. No, and see, here's the thing: the what because I, I, I mean, Lacaro is fucking up in while well, he's still in the academy. This series has made it clear that. Every so often, you know, even Captain Picard fucks up or makes a call or needs to break a rule. Like, they, they, this is a federation that is very aware that its rules are not absolute and that there are situations out there that are not going to be covered and that you need to use your best judgment and then you have to justify it. I mean, right. Picard's right. violated the prime directive and he's told Starfleet all of the details about those violations and why they do. And they've, I, I Oh, what, 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 what barrel trial. What is the, what is the one with the, Oh, the drumhead. Drumhead. Barrel uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the drumhead makes it very clear that Starfleet no, is very aware of all of his prime directive violations. Yeah, sure. Has had hearings on them and has decided that they were acceptable violations or right. justifiable right. violations. Right. Um, so Starfleet kind of is, in a way, it's like the parent that would rather hear the truth than hear you lie about it. Like, would rather deal with that. Yeah, and I think that's really it. I think that that that. Starfleet and the Federation, and, and probably Starfleet in particular, because we are talking about Starfleet Academy in this episode and sort of Starfleet rules of conduct and all these things, is that they understand that people are going to make mistakes. Yeah. What's important is not that you make the mistake, it's that how you own up to that mistake. Yeah. And at, at the same time, of course, I think that that if if they had told the truth, if Locarno and everybody else had said, you know what, we tried to do this very dangerous formation, um, and and we're sorry, but someone you know someone got killed. Yeah, I think that that 
they would have all been expelled. You yeah. Know? Because Starfleet is not, uh, you know, Starfleet Academy to me doesn't seem like the strictest uh, of institutions. No. I don't think we're talking about a West Point here. It's a but, little more than regular college, but not quite a regular military academy. And Exactly. Um, and so for me, it's that that extra step of, you know, we are going to cover this up is really the issue in the episode. Oh, yeah. And, and the, yeah. You know, that says something, I think, because it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to say that if Locarno had not made this decision to cover up the death and, and sort of painted it in a different picture and, and even make it the person's fault yeah, yeah, for yeah. dying. I mean, essentially. I mean, that's kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Uh, one of the compounded crimes. He's lied about. He's tarnished the reputation of a dead man. Right, exactly. And so I think that that's really, you know, I wonder, I wonder if they had gone to Admiral Brain and said, you know what, we did this thing, or, you know, we, we made a mistake. This is a terrible judgment call yeah. on our part. Blah, okay, blah, blah. this is why this is very, you know, no one can do this. Would, I mean, they, would they have been expelled at that point? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but, but I think what really makes it clear to Admiral Brain and everybody else who makes this decision is that. He's can't be trusted he with can't command. Be trusted, exactly, he can't be trusted with command. He can't be. I, again, this is a federation. This is a series which doesn't, you know, explicitly doesn't allow conflict between main cast members. So, if your captain is lying and being very secretive, you're 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 not going to have a staff with trust which trusts you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are exactly. going to be moments where I mean, we've seen moments with Picard where he's been given secret orders and told not to even tell his number one. Yeah, yeah. Lagara cannot be given those. No, he couldn't be. And I think that, you know, that that's kind of but but at the same time it's a little it's a little scary because of course how did Lacarno make it this far? You know, like Well, he's charming, he's talented, and yeah. he's not bad on the eyes, and he's, you know, able to he's cocky, but he's probably done plenty I mean, the implication that with this stunt is that he were gonna do this highly illegal thing, but it was gonna be so impressive and such a bit you know, that he wouldn't get in trouble for it because they would be talking for years about it. I guess that was the thing, right? Or like, even if he got expelled from this, well, you know, he would be still a legend in the galaxy. And, you know, he could talk his way into any, you know. Yeah, it, it seems it, 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 it's it's a very it's a very like sort of teenage immature thing to try. Oh, to yeah. Do, right? Oh, yeah. Because, you know. This is banned for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's it's very obviously dangerous, and and we see that very clearly in this episode yeah. because someone dies, Albert dies. But at the same time, I don't know what Locarno and the rest of them thought their game plan. Like, what what was the end game here? You know, and like again, for- they they thought they thought that they were in a college movie where they perform the ultimate prank. And everybody was, and they're so beloved that because they're fucking Nova Squad, like right. that's where. And as you said, yeah, it's from an adult perspective. Like if this had been a teenage comedy, they would have done that, and it would have gone on without a hitch, and they would have, you know, and all of them would have been happy. And oh, Lucardo, you know, exactly. Oh, you know, the Vulcan ambassador, you know, the Vulcan, you know, guy on this, you know, whatever. What what is his job? The Vulcan dude is, yeah, all, you know, he's a Vulcan. He tear, tosses down his hat, and you know. God, that look, you know, that's what they thought would happen. And this is, but this is haha, the real world, the adult world. Right. I mean, there, there's a reason why these rules and regulations yeah. are in place. And I think really the, maybe the real, you know, lesson of the episode is that if you are going to break the rules, you had better be damn sure that you have the wisdom and experience to pull it off. At the same time, I think, Lucarno does learn a lot from this. And the fact that he does keep that, I mean, Wesley makes a very specific, very specifically said, you know, he did exactly what he said he did. He would. He protected the team. Yeah. And that's, I think, I like that the episode does, you know, has that point very ragged at the end. It doesn't tie it up neatly because, you know, Wesley, be, 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 because as a captain, one does have to live for one's crew. I mean, we've seen Picard many times you know not worry about his own safety if it means the safety of the rest of his people yeah and that is a i i I don't think anybody disagrees that that's a good thing for a starship captain to do you know every single um on the episode the other week when everybody was possessed by the energy beings um the prisoners um 
you know, Picard is saying, well, there everybody would oh, give power the, play, right? Yes, yeah. um, you know, we, everybody who you know, Counselor Troy would give her life for the ship if they, you know, yeah. and her crewmates. You know that that's something that they do instill on them, and so you have Wesley at the end, knowing he did quote unquote the right thing, but also know that in a way Wesley was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. Yeah, yeah, and really, I think you know it's it's an interesting you know direction to go in for Wesley yeah. as well because. You know, Wesley has always been portrayed as a character who was very, very intelligent and very sure of himself and very sort of ahead of his time in a way. In book learning. In book learning, exactly. And that's kind of my point is that, you know, and, and Picard even mentions that, you know, where the first time I saw you, you were sitting in my chair, blah, 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 um, which is something that perhaps we don't want to remember. But but anyway, <laughs> uh, and and so, you know, there's that kind of implication. But of course, where Wesley is, has fallen down is sort of in the socialization aspect. Yeah, of yeah, things. yeah. And there's even sort of they say this explicitly in this episode where, you know, Crusher really had to prove himself to Nova Squadron to get asked on it because, you know, Wesley is not graduating this year. You know, he was graduating, I think, next year, but he was sort of pushed back a year. Yeah. You know, everybody else in Nova Squadron is the the implication is that they're sort of upperclassmen and, and Wesley is, is not. I mean he's what He's on the varsity team when he's a sophomore. Right. You know you know, Wesley went to Starfleet Academy last year, so this is his second year. Now yeah. he's being bumped down to being first year again. I mean that's pretty bad. Um, and of course, as well, you know, Wesley, as Picard even says at the end of the episode, he's going to have a very hard time on campus. He is not going to be a popular person. Yeah. You know, he may even be an outcast or a pariah. I was going to say, certainly the kid that they, number one, he, he's the one who got Lakara expelled. He, he's the one who recognized, you know, who people who like the guy who got killed you know are gonna blame wesley for that too it's yeah it is gonna be a clusterfuck for him it's yeah. not gonna be a good year it will be absolutely his professors are not gonna be very happy to see him i think he'll get through it i mean i think that 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 the show is is really trying to sell us on wesley yeah and it's just almost considered a just punishment for what he's done, you know? Yeah, you know, something you probably deserve to have everybody in your school hate you for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's also interesting because I think that, you know, there's a lot of um, leeway given towards people that are really intelligent. And so w- w- what I like, too, is that there's not a lot of leeway given to Wesley. You know, yeah, he's really smart and he'll probably yeah. make a good officer someday. But there's a he lot to- more that goes into that than just being smart. Well, that's the thing. They Also, everybody who is pulling for Wesley and we're talking about everybody on the enterprise again they don't want to see him as just any starship captain he's going to be the next picard when they have when he's in his 60s he's going to be captaining the flagship he deserves no less than that he is capable of no less than that and so you know he does have to make the right decision all the time i mean it's a i don't know i they they I don't know if they ever really deal with the fact that Wesley does have a lot of pressure on him, but in a way he does. Oh, he has a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of interesting to me that, that Beverly is not really much of a, a character in this episode. I mean, she's certainly there and she, she worries about him, but, you know, she is not the person who is driving him to make this decision. That's Picard. She really only, yeah, has that one, you know, the, the only real scene I remember of her is when, you know, she's saying, well, you know, when they have the satellite evidence, and I loved when the Vulcan revealed that satellite evidence because that was awesome. Yeah. But, um, and it's also, I mean, it's heartbreaking that, that, you know, Dr. Crusher is so yeah. enamored with her son's, you know, she's, she's obviously got an idealized portrayal of him. And so yeah. she basically says, well, the evidence says you're lying, but I know you're yeah, not. Yeah. You so. know, there, there, there is this ridiculous, although to be fair, she has on the enterprise dealt with so many, you know, weird conspiracies that have yeah. had these, this kind of incontrovertible evidence yeah. be wrong, but, but um, she's a mom, you know? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, it comes from that place, but that's the, uh, you know, that's maybe one of the, that is a lesson that we have to take from that is that Wesley does have impeccable trust, but he has always admitted when he's fucked up. Yeah. And he has done the right thing again. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, the, I think back to like the nanite episode, yeah, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know, there's a lot of things we could talk about. I think about. what this episode is saying is that again, this is this, the Starfleet Academy doesn't mind if you fuck up, but you have to own up to it. Wesley's perhaps not as quick on that as he needs to be, but he is still young, and I think this is going to 
encourage him to own up to things faster in a way. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess that's what Wesley's what Wesley's lesson is for this episode, an hour lesson. Well, you know, and that makes me think, though, finally, maybe, and then we'll wrap up, is, this may be a stretch, but I'll go with it, is that, in a sense, Wesley is sort of the next generation Picard, and Locarno is almost more of in the Kirk sort of archetype. Do you know what I mean? Because Kirk with the Kobayashi Maru, right. where he did something, you know... That that that's true. Locarno wanted to do something highly illegal and highly wrong and cheat, and yet become a fucking legend. Right. What Kirk did, and maybe this is something that in this day and age doesn't work as well as you know. Again, if if Kirk, you know, if, if Locarno had reprogrammed the Kobayashi Maru, he probably would have been expelled for that. You know. Yeah. Well, just think- as well. Like, so what worked in Kirk's day doesn't work now. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've talked a lot about yeah. the differences between, you know, Starfleet and the Federation in the original series time and the next generation. And I think that, you know, Locarno just might be the type of person who doesn't fit into Starfleet he's in this, in this day and little, age. He's past his time, yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but he'll probably find something else to do. I mean, that's the nice thing about, you know, the Federation in general, I think, is that they don't really treat anyone as throwaway. You know, we started off this conversation talking about Boothby, and you know, you said everybody has dignity. Well, Locarno has dignity too. Yeah, and, and again, the fact he, he will find a way. I think the show admires that he took the heat for everybody. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think, I, so. I think they make it clear that you know, for all of its faults, he is a really great pilot, and he is a really charming guy, and he does have fierce loyalty towards people. Yeah, because yeah. I think most of the episode makes it seem like he's. Asking all of this from everybody else, but not giving anything back, and but he is, he is giving it back. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. And so, at the end of the day, you know, Locarno is a young man who fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I'll give this one seven Jaeger this loops. Gets a nine. Really? I yeah. think so. Okay. I think because of that dignity conversation we just had. Okay. Uh, well. Uh, let's go to a better episode. Hey, let's, 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 let's talk about the Netflix screen for this is, uh, Loxana Troy, like holding Alexander. And it's just, when I saw that, I knew it was just going to be an awful day. So I just, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm in pain. It's a bad episode. It's a creepy episode. It's a stupid episode. And it's a boring episode. It's all of those things. Yeah. Yes. I uh, really liked the B-plot. Can we just talk about the B-plot? Because it's... The B-plot the B was great. The B-plot was awesome! <laughs> and what I liked about it is that it pretty much took up the last, like, seven <laughs> minutes of the episode. Because they were just like, fuck all that other shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander. We're just going to go with this sci-fi thing. Again, it's... We, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, you know, it's cool to see Star Trek do the hard sci-fi plot, which is Data and Geordi figuring out a mystery. It has that cool little visuals of that orange goop and, you know, everything. Things get about as high stakes as they can. Everybody except for Data is losing oxygen and just at the last minute he saves everybody. You know, it's a race against time it's them figuring out a thing it's great i'll give this episode nine vials of, of orange goop you're not getting off that easy Richard. damn it um yeah but no, the, no we'll give the b plot i would give this b plot a nine sure the i think we need to give this two separate that's ratings. great i'll give it an eight eight orange goops and also they're just pooping all over the place <laughs> no one really mentions that but the ship is covered in shit yeah um yeah i like that uh this is this is the problem with this episode is that um, I, you know, take notes for the episodes and I was taking notes like, huh, Jordy and Data decided to change into coveralls. <laughs> like this is the kind of thing I was noticing. Oh my god, while I, was I didn't see the episode. coveralls. That's amazing. Yeah, when they went crawling around in the Jeffries tubes, they decided to change into coveralls for some reason, and it's like. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they did that. As opposed to thinking about what the fuck was going on with Lowell Alexander at all. Uh, you know, I know and- what was... I mean, here's the thing. An oversexed woman takes a child without his parents' permission to a mud... Gets naked and takes him into a mud bath. It's fine. 
I mean, that was it's know, it's a different morality. It's a system. different morality. System. Don't remember. Don't don't forget. We have the outrageous Akana who was fucking his way through the entire ship. Uh, Betazoids are famous for being loose. Um, you have the Deltons from the you know motion picture, which are also famous for being like very sexual. Um, it's just a different thing. You know, men are walking around in mini skirts. It's just it's just different. It's just different. It's fine. Let's say that they've found a cure for pedophilia and so it's <laughs> not an issue anymore. Like that's just a thing that they do exist. psychotactic treatments. Yeah, exactly. Now in the alternate universe where there's an episode, there's a, there's a series like star Trek on the Jedi homeworld. They did an episode about pedophilia, like the outcast from last week. Okay. So oh, that's, yeah. Oh my God. That that's, that's very profound. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I I, can't, I I hated everything that was happening with Loxana and Alexander a lot. Here's the thing: I can't tell because so they're going through the beginning of the episode. It's like, oh, we have this little guy in a bubble and weird people, and it's like a very stupid Alice in Wonderland. And I'm like, all right, this is fine. It's a little kid, you know, the kids who are what yeah, that's something. But then again, they have the naked mud bats and an erotic dancer, and so I can't tell who this planet is made for. It's uh, it's the sexy Dr. Seuss planet. I mean, it's is, not is appropriate to take a kid to. Well, uh, you know, Lola there's Pena, something for everybody. Yes, you have but... to. But that's true. It's like Vegas. Um, you have to remember that Loaxana comes from the culture of the Betazoids, and the Betazoids are very sensual and they're very sexual, and they don't really have a lot of privacy, and they just yeah. They, but, they, but but Eric, this wasn't written by a Betazoid. They, it was written and directed and starred in by a bunch of people from Earth. I'm ignoring that I, because they did a great job at convincing me that. Loaxana Troy was coming from a very different culture. I mean, at the very end of the episode, it's, you know, that's the capper of the entire episode <laughs> that she shows up at her own wedding naked. Aww. And the guy she's going to marry, Campio, what the fuck? Uh, and her, his gay attache, whatever, uh, are shocked. And is Mr. Home? Is Mr. Home. That's how they decide. That's how she shows that she's a, still a woman and desirable and, and she know, doesn't yes, want to do and this I, and she's not going to get, you know, ah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just didn't buy her character motivation in this episode. See, and, and especially coming off the last Loxana Troy episode, which was awesome. Yeah. And completely contradicts everything that Loxana Troy is saying in this episode. Yeah. I mean, she is not a woman who has problems attracting men. She is not no. a woman who would ever, she would never settle. <laughs> Never in a million years. And I was and, gonna say, have we ever you know, walks out of Troy is annoying when she's on the Enterprise, but she's also the kind of person who is able to go wherever she wants to go, whether they like her in there or not. And she, again, she's a very vivacious while she may not be able to get a date on the Enterprise. You think she can't find she goes to the bar from what the fuck was that episode with the piano lady? Oh, unification? Yeah, if she goes to the bar from unification, she's going to have a great time. Yeah, yeah. Why doesn't know, she go there? I want to see her go to the bar from unification. That would have and been And do a sing a song with the piano lady. If we had had 45 minutes of that as opposed to whatever the fuck was happening in this episode, I would have been a lot happier. Yeah. Frankly. Uh yeah, no, and the thing is too is that I I think I think this is my theory is that uh, did you notice that um, apparently Loaxana Troy met her husband to be um, on an internet dating site because they did not know they did not really know each other. They met on the subspace internet and they talked about their profiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they is, they did the now okay Cupid now the yeah, okay Cupid yeah exactly now the interesting thing is that this was 1992. Internet dating was not really a thing. It existed, of course, but it was not. And like computer dating was. It was computer dating pretty much. It was not socially acceptable and nobody even. A lot of people didn't even know it it was possible or existed. I mean, a lot of people didn't even know the Internet existed in 1992. To be fair, it's, you know, the reaction that, you know, when Troy and her mother have the conversation at the beginning, you know. Luoxana is doing, you know, waits to the very last minute to explain to it. And, you know, Deanna is a bit. You know, she she thinks it's her mother doing a very stupid idea, which it, it turns out to be. But well, and this is my theory: is that uh, uh, the person who wrote this episode, Peter Allen Fields, uh, had 
a bad internet dating experience. You know, he was, he was obviously a person who was a little bit of a geek. He was a computer nerd because he knew about internet dating and tried it and, uh, did not go well because Uh, because he he found a middle-aged naked woman. Exactly. Exactly. So this is really an episode about the dangers of internet dating. (laughs) That's what I'm going with. Okay. Well, um, so Star Trek predicted Tinder. Great. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I I mean, I could tell what this episode was trying to be, and... Well, what it was trying to be was Star Trek The Next Generation, the sitcom. It was, it was, yeah, it was Star Trek means, meets anti-mame, like... It's like, it starts out with Worf and Troy having a serious discussion about how terrible it is to be a parent, and how Alexander won't listen to him, and oh my god, who cares? And then you have... The joke come in, which is, uh, oh, your mother's on board. Oh, geez. That's that's, uh, Oh, man. You can hear the, I know, this episode needs a laugh track. Yeah, I kind of want to make it have a laugh track and see if it works better. And then, of course, you had the scene with Riker and Picard, and Picard has, that is legitimately a good scene where Picard is like, I will happily give her away. This is fantastic. (laughs) You know, um, yeah, I don't know. This was like if the, if you condense this down to a half hour and like maybe have B Arthur in it, like this would have been a really good sitcom. But but the next generation is not a sitcom. And when you try and turn it into a sitcom, you get oh my god when all those 80s people were frozen. Yeah. Yeah. That you no, know, this show does And it's especially galling because we finally got a good Lowox on a Troy episode with Half a Life last season and they got out of the whole like sitcommy like oh, you know old. They treated her beats. with respect. Yeah, they yeah, treated her with respect is... and decency, and they treated her like the character that you know, they treated her the same as everybody else as a character that was interesting. And we got a really damn good episode out of she it. She didn't even have any good outfits this episode. No, there was nothing. There was nothing. And then of course they go back and they 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 sort of like you know uh, 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 devolve into a mess again with her. And I don't know why they decided to go that way. We we said that a lot of the characters at dignity and she doesn't usually they don't right it's not completely humiliating her and we do i mean the episode does it, it doesn't use you know the walks on a troy is naked as as much of the punchline as it could have been it is supposed to, it is definitely seen as a moment of liberation particularly with how you know when she first mentions a wedding gown you know how deanna is shocked that she's you know not going naked to her own yeah. wedding like that that scene as not you know when when we first had note you know when we were first told that betazoids get married naked it was seen as a punchline now it's not right and i think that's to the show's credit that it's able to sell that you know i mean there there is a there is a decency to and, and sort of a, yeah. a fundamental respect that the show has for for different cultures it seems and- yeah it's seen as a different cultural thing but one that makes complete sense with this and so for me it's like i just i don't I, I just, again, I don't buy that Loax Sonatory would be in this place. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's really any reason for it. Yeah, she half-heartedly does the, well, you don't know, it's, you know, you, you know, you get old, you get lonely, you get, and, and those are all things. Sure. I respect that the show is dealing with, you know, geriatric sexuality. I, that's that's awesome. And I mean, frankly, also but, how, how, how heartbreaking is it? I mean, yeah. the one thing that's, that I think is tough about the episode is that, you know, she has that line about, you know, not having anybody yeah. in your life or something. And, you know, there are, that who, is a who, real thing. Who was she married to? Yeah. And who just died recently? Yeah. Like in the, you know, in 1991, Gene Roddenberry. So, yeah. Oh my know, that, God. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. A connection yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I sort of made while I was watching the episode too, is there's a very, li- there's a line in there, which is very on the nose. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I think that that was probably on her mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Color to the performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, they, I, I mean, these are all things. People get old, people get lonely, people, find someone just to be with and even if they suck well you know it's being alone is that but i don't know if loaxana troy is the best one to get that through her because i always feel like again she's the kind of person who if she's having a bad night well she's gonna go out and you know do something crazy right right Mm. she's she's obvious she's she is the embodiment of the id essentially yeah and and ids don't get depressed (laughs) like it just doesn't happen so yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't jive with anything that we know about her, which is a problem, I think. Yeah. And also it doesn't help that her 
her husband to be is so underwritten as a character. I mean, you know, again, this is sitcom stuff, the the freewheeling, you know, I mean, even the free thinker colony that they call it, you know, is quite obviously a, 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 a something to do with Lovox on a Troy and, and how she thinks about the world. But, yeah. you know, you've got this freewheeling Lovox on a Troy with the stick in the mud Campio and it's like, OK, well, you, I mean, you kind of knew that's exactly who it would be when, you know, they they. Yeah, there there is no reason for the two of them then to be together. If it, you know, I would have even respected it more if Luxana Troy suddenly found herself in poor financial straits. Right. And oh, well this guy is a king and he needs a queen. So, you know, this is a totally mercenary marriage, but I'm going to make it work because, you know, like that I would have respected. Yeah. And it's, And of course that doesn't work because the Federation has no money, but Yeah, that's true. So that doesn't really, yeah. But I, I, I know exactly what you mean. There needed to be some sort of yeah, external motivation like for this. she, she, she. Yeah, again, I don't buy her loneliness, and so I mean, hell, I think you could have even sold it if you had her come on the ship and had her still be really devastated about the the loss of um yeah you know, the, the the guy from half what's Life. his name yeah she doesn't even seem to have remembered that yeah he existed I, yeah and who knows if the guy who wrote the episode even saw that i don't know yeah um well why she probably wrote the episode or something and we don't know <laughs> well, don't well, he look stupid uh but yeah it's just it's it, you know there's there's ways to sell it which they don't do and it i think it's really the show falling down on that because it's a it's a concept in search of believability. Yeah, really. you just. I, 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 I guess that they just wanted and he to, did write it. The what both this I and just the, looked both this and Half a Life. Yeah, what the hell? He really wants to bed locks on a Troy. I don't understand that at all. You know something? I mean, no. I mean, she's fine. She's not like she's ugly. It's not like she's horrible. No, I don't, understand. Horrible, I don't but... understand how this guy could have written Half a Life in this No, episode. I know. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're so unlike each other in quality. Oh, my God. You know, I've come around to Lawaxana Troy in some respects. I don't think she's a great character, and I think that the, 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 the few appearances that she has on The Next Generation are usually painful, but... You know, it's half it's, a life shows that when she's written well, she can be really interesting, and they don't know how to. They don't know how to write her well. It, and, it that one felt like a fluke. Now, yeah, exactly. It really does feel like a fluke. It feels like they 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 accidentally gave her substance, and they accidentally yeah. gave her like decency and respect, and and they're back to. They're back to what they think people want to see from Loaxana Troy or what they think the show needs. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily think that the next generation needs comedy relief every no. 10 or 15 episodes. You know, it's not that kind of show. And so, you know, it, it it's just it's very disappointing when they pull this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is a I don't know. And, you know, there could have even been. And it's not it even... was just it just seems like the only reason they did this episode was because they wanted to have both Alexander and the Wax on a Troy in an episode. And why? They could have done something with that because you have somebody who is you know, Troy's not gonna have a kid anytime soon, and that certainly you can see Wax on a Troy being at the point where she would love a grandkid and yeah. so Alexander's her way of, you know, getting that urge out and, you know, able to fulfill but it doesn't like the episode doesn't seem to care about that. Like that would have been maybe an interesting angle to take her and her. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting directions that you could take a lot of what's happening in this episode. And they, they take the least interesting. I was going to say, especially all of it. I mean, especially consider that a couple of weeks ago when, uh, you know, Worf thought he was going to die. He told Deanna Troy, you know, raise my son. And so, it, the Oxana Troy would have been his de facto grandmother. Yeah, like that, that yeah. all of this is packed into that relationship that the episode doesn't care because it's too busy showing us a bubble man. Yeah, or trying to be funny, which I think is is the problem. You know, I think if the episode was not so interested in trying to be funny, it may have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, and again, guess- there's oh, there's all these terrible like faux symbol things like. I lost my worlds and I'm meeting my world. And oh, like, yeah. you could tell there were all these like little or and the higher, the fewer and all the, these really like things that they thought were going to be poetic and interesting and just are, don't work. It's a weird episode because I think like it's, 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 
it's fun to talk about because it's so bad. Yeah. But while you're watching it, you realize it's not it's not that it's bad necessarily, although it is, but it's kind of boring and it's also it's not well structured at all. Yeah. And so you just get it seems like they borrowed elements from you know, three or four different scripts and just threw it all yeah, into a yeah. mix and just, you know, even the pacing is... I mean, literally just... during the... Again, we, we were talking about how you have these... These are two separate episodes. During the entire... Let's talk about the fact that the ship loses life support and oxygen. So likely Loxana and Alexander and this diplom and this yeah. king are all passed out, almost dying. Sure. Like, which I would have loved to have seen. <laughs> but, but, I mean... That was a golden opportunity for them to get rid of Alexander. Yeah. Um, a little darker than the show perhaps could have done, but yeah. But the severity of that situation and the comedy of the rest of the episode, again, it's not like they do anything interesting with the contrast. It's not like no, either no. of them realize what's going on. So it, it just has this kind of – it's very jarring rather than, more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely is jarring. Well, that's because the inertial dampeners are being eaten by the the metal thing. I love the idea of metal parasites. They didn't come up with a name for them. They're just like, oh, metal parasites. It's a plot device. Just just go with it. Listen, listen, we're getting paid more for this episode because we have a subplot in it. So, I I guess the the final thing to talk about, which we haven't really talked about, maybe just indirectly, is 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 again Alexander because why is he there i don't know does I, anybody I, like alexander this is an honest question no so like generally like full stop like it doesn't even have like oh he's got a cold fan like no everybody hates alexander yeah no one likes him why is he there like who is he trying to i mean you you you, you think about like okay well they you know the, the typical well they want to get a younger audience so they add a kid or anything but it's like I don't think this, they were looking to court the six-year-old demographic with him because, I mean, Alexander is all about the difficulties of fatherhood and how to deal with, you know. Right. They, they always view Alexander from the perspective of, you know, an adult raising a child that he's not very good at raising. Right. But there's no really insight with that either. Um, I guess that's really the problem with Alexander. I think you just put, you know, put, put your finger on it is that, you know— it's it's Alexander is a plot device seen from the perspective of Worf. Yeah. And we don't ever really get Alexander's perspective. And this episode, interestingly enough, I think tries to give us Alexander's yeah. perspective at least a little bit. But the problem is that apparently Alexander doesn't have a perspective. Well, yeah. He's... Because Alexander is two. <laughs> so... I mean, and Worf isn't even changing meaningfully as a result of Alexander. No, he's not. I I, mean, if Worf were shifting and becoming a different person, then I could say, okay, well, he's giving, you know, because, yes, Worf would be changing as a he's result of— He's certainly eating a lot more vegetables than maybe he otherwise would be. I mean, good for him. I mean, yeah. he seemed to be enjoying some Brussels sprouts for dinner. Oh. but Or space Brussels sprouts or Klingon Brussels sprouts. Uh, I don't uh, know. Uh, 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 sprouts. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're they're trying to use Alexander to give Worf some more, you know, uh, characterization or some more stories that that otherwise they could have done because of course all the Klingon stuff is over now and so, you know, that that's all been resolved. I mean, there was the Klingon stuff going throughout the, the yeah, first yeah, second yeah, yeah. Third and fourth season and you know, now that's pretty much over with uh, unification uh with all, unification, yeah. not unification. Um the the third the, the fourth and fifth season. Um, um yeah, yeah, the Klingon war. You know which one, one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but now that that's over, apparently, they need to give something else for Worf to do. And what they decide to give him is a child, but they don't and it's like, seem I could interested s- in it at all. You know, we were talking about when Tasha Yar's actress reappeared uh, and playing Seller or whatever. Um, yeah. And you said, like, oh, that's a soap opera moment. Like, Worf's ex-girlfriend, you know, coming off and saying, here's your child is a soap opera moment. And that was certainly a, you know little shocking moment and oh what's Worf gonna do but they didn't think beyond that gimmick moment of shock right and I think that's the problem and you know yeah so every so often they have to trot him out because again Worf gets paralyzed well shit he has a kid you know we have to deal with that like and but but beyond that like they 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 he's a it's Alexander is a perfect example of the kind of, of of conceptually terrible idea that 
television shows sometimes just get stuck with. Yeah, I was say, you can't get, there's no way of getting rid of him. They've written out all of the ways of getting rid of him. At least Wesley was... They made a conscious decision to bring him back. Yeah, at you least know, Wesley mean, was old enough to, in a couple of years, he's going to go to Starfleet Academy and he'll be gone, you know? Right. Alexander ain't leaving anytime soon, you no, know? No, And so I just think that, that, that whenever he appears, you just have to grin and bear, bear it, it because he's not ever going to be anything all that interesting frankly oh god yeah 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 uh well we already created the b plot but i think that the a plot gets, gets like, nothing it's like it like it a, doesn't like a, get anything yeah just no. nothing and it gets a naked it, walks on the troy it gets wharf popping the bubble which was my favorite part of the episode because he's that like, was pretty Fuck good. this thing yeah just the wharf would not have any patience for that i mean that is the equivalent of like a butterfly comes up and he crushes it yeah that's yeah. what he did that's what wharf does that's what wharf does no what wharf, wharf actually is- what would be in wharf's character would be as if he pops you know he touches the bubble and pops it and then like a swarm of like 20 of them just swarm him and kill him that's what would happen to war Worf is a killjoy <laughs> well before we give you the episodes for next week uh as we've started doing now if you have any thoughts or want to share your own opinions on the episode or ask us any questions about it or talk um, about how much you actually love this episode yeah p- please convince us that it's wonderful mosaic um, bubble men are your favorite thing <laughs> Just go to trekaboutshow.com and uh, there'll be a comment section uh, on this episode's post that, that we'd be happy to, to see your thoughts on, on this episode. Um, as well, if you would like us to uh, continue doing the show and reach a wider audience uh, and you haven't done so yet, leave us an iTunes review. That would be very helpful. And uh, we're on social media like everybody else. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. We're Truck About Show. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook or like us, you can do so at facebook.com slash truckaboutshow. If you know anybody famous, please pass our show on to them. Please do. That would be wonderful. If you know anybody infamous, please pass our show on to them. I think that actually might be more helpful. If you know the mafia, please let us know. Get us connected. We will use it for good, I promise. Maybe we will. <laughs> so next week, uh, we are talking about the perfect mate and imaginary friend. Oh, these are sounding very difficult. Now, um... Let me ask you one question. Yes. Does Alexander get an imaginary friend that turns out to be an evil alien that's trying to take over the ship? Please just don't. I I need you to answer yes or no. I need you to answer yes or no on this. Is that what the episode is about? Here's the thing. Uh, I will not answer that question, but I have a longstanding rule on track about that. I do not. I play it very close to the vest. I do not give any information out about the upcoming episodes because I want Richard to come in fresh and have his own opinions about them. Um, but I, and I've done that with, you know, the alternative factor. I've done that with, uh, uh, all of the first season of the next generation. <laughs> I did that with the outrageous Akana. I've done it with a lot of terrible episodes and a lot of really good episodes. And a lot of too. really good episodes. I, I like doing that. Um, I will just, I, I, I breaking that rule right now because imaginary friend is one of the worst 45 minutes of television that you will ever watch. Oh God. It's, it's terrible. And I, I just want you to be prepared because it's not going to be a fun time for you. God. Alexander discovers an imaginary friend that turns out to be an evil alien that's destroying the enterprise. Isn't that you're, you're almost correct. Oh, actually. Fucking hell. Yeah. So 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 look forward to those the perfect mate and imaginary friend <laughs>